Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome in to another episode of Faith, Family, and Football powered by kslsports.com trevor allen here with you talking to a guy who has now won a pac-12 south division title as the utes clinched the uh, south for the third time in the last four years utah cornerback clark phillips uh how does it feel to be a pac-12 south champion man it feels good you know we we had a we had a set of goals at the beginning of the season you know as the season goes on you you just try to get closer to those goals right and so you know when you take a team that's been through as much as we've been through um the struggles that we've been through and then you win you know Pac-12 South we know that that's not the end goal in mind by any means but uh it's a uh it's a building block and it's a stepping stone for sure you know to what we really want to accomplish so man it feels good it feels good we we did it and we did it at a high level this weekend I would say you guys, because uh, you and I talked going into that game against the Wildcats a week ago, and I was like, man, you guys really did not make it easy on on you guys, like as far as trying to pull away from the game in and, and a game that you guys should have won easily. But then you guys go, you know, prime time. There's, there's even a freaking sky cam going all over the field. You guys are on prime time, ABC, and you guys are playing the, the number three team in the entire country, and you guys just – like, it's funny because your dad was uh, texting me and he's like, what are your thoughts on this game going against Oregon? And I was like, to be honest with you, I always have thoughts going into games and they never come to fruition. Like, I, I'm always thinking, oh, Utah will go in and smash them and, and, and then they won't and just things like that. And I said, I honestly don't know how good this Oregon team is. I felt like maybe they're a little overrated, but you guys really exploited them, stopping the run. You guys held them to under 100 yards rushing and you guys were able to rack up yards and all that. But just – you probably have a, a open mind going into games, right? To where, you know, you don't really think, oh, we're gonna we're gonna beat these guys by a lot. But did this kind of surprise you, where you guys came out with a thirty-eight-seven win at home against a team that was supposed to go to the college football playoff? I'd say partially it does, partially it doesn't, because you know you prepare the whole week to dominate a team. You prepare the whole week to to go out there and to get a victory, and so. Well, you know, during the game, you're like, you know, from the play one, you're like, all right, let's go, you know. And so when you just continue to make plays, it feels like almost like it's practice that you've, you've repped these things, you know, you've repped these plays over and over again. So when you do it in the game, it's like, okay, we expected this. But, uh, you know, to answer your question, at the end of the game, when you look up at the scoreboard, you're like, dang, we did that to these guys. These guys are supposed to be, what, number three team in the, in the nation? And so, no, it felt good, man. And it was just surprising just knowing, you know, the stakes that, you know, were set so high for, for a team and, for us as well, you know, being at home. And so now it was good to man to get out there and to execute um, and, you know, to come out with a win and not just a win, but a domination, you know, a dominated win by us. And so that, that felt good, man. And, you know, now 
we're excited to to transition to to Colorado. On this show, it's not always rainbows and 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 unicorns, right? You 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 and I are always going to talk about certain things that that happen in games, whether it's positive or negative. You did give up a touchdown. It's only your second one of your career. The first one came back in, in your debut as a U against USC in 2020. Just talk about what, what happened on that play. Man, you know, like you said, it was my first touchdown, you know, of the season. I don't think a lot of DBs in Pac-12 or in the nation can say that. Um, but, nah, you know, with Coach Shaw being my coach and, you know, me being the way that I am on myself, my pops also, super hard on myself, man. And so I beat myself up on it about it. Um, on that particular play, it was a cover three play. I ended up coming down on an out route. Um, for the viewers that know, I have two pick sixes on, you know, out routes just like it. So I jumped the out route. It was great by them. They ran a concept that's familiar to me, out route, and then they ran a fade. Um, my mans gave me a nice little pump fake. I stuttered for one second, and boom, you know, touchdown. I think they were about the 30-yard line, so it wasn't that far of a throw, you know. And so, now it was a great play by them. Bad eye discipline by me. You know, that playing DB, man, you have to have great eye discipline. And so I'm grateful that it happened in a game where we beat a team 38-7, to you know, not in a game where it's 7-0 or something tighter. So I'm grateful for my offense, and I'm grateful for my defense as well, man. But, you know, we live and we learn, man. I'm grateful that um, it happened in this game, you know. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking to your dad about it, and, you know, he's like, look, you go that long without giving up a touchdown. It kind of it, it ends up humbling you to have this happen to you, and you would rather have it happen here than maybe in Las Vegas, right? No, nah, no, nah, you're right in saying that, man. I think you know, you know, we talk about faith, family, football, man, and, I, and you know, I prayed before the game, I prayed afterwards, and I'm always praying uh, a prayer of thanksgiving, you know, gratefulness, and you know, I had to pray, and I'm like, you know what? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for for allowing me to you know to experience that this game. As much as I beat myself up on the sideline, I just laughed. I'm like, all right, this is for me. This is a little humble pie for me, you know. I haven't given up one. You know, I've been lights out, you know, locking receivers down left and right. And, you know, I get beat really on a play where it was self-inflicted. You know, if I just play my assignment, he doesn't even throw the ball. You know, and so it was it was all me. And, um, you know, it was not like the dude made a, a one-handed OBJ catch. He was by himself in the end zone. I came up on the short route. I, I bit the cheese, if you would. And so, nah, I'm grateful for it, man. And. I'm grateful that it happened in this game where it was 38 to 38 to seven. And as hard as I am on myself, I recognize that we smashed the team. And if we don't give that up, 38-0, that's where I get frustrated. I'm like, we could have held the best team, yeah, you know, in the Pac-12, 38-0. So, yeah, man, take it with a grain of salt, though. And now we got to keep on moving. I don't plan on giving no more up. Always the uh, mindset going into games. Now, I, I kind of want to do uh, talk about another play. So we end up going from the the uh, negative first into a positive. You're not known to be a hard hitter. You're just more to be that sound tackler where you just, you know, end up wrapping them up, bringing them down. You're not gonna, you're you're not gonna blast them like you know Devin Lloyd would or whatever. It, which corners don't really do that. But you had a you 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 laid the wood on a guy. Uh, we're not gonna talk about who who it was on, but it, it it was a play where you basically went right into him. He didn't have a chance to catch the ball. What did you end up seeing on that play? So on, that, on that play, man, I think it was, if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was two plays after the P.I. They called a P.I. on me that I thought, you know, was, I, was like, I won't say anything about it. You guys were trying to hold each other. Yeah, I mean, it was going both ways, and usually in that situation, they let you play. Um, I thought the referee, you know, called it, and it was, you know, but he told me that, you know, just because it looked like at the end of the play that he was restricted from running. And I said, okay, yes, sir. I said, I won't do it again. And I was like, thank you for letting me know. And so – 
about a play or two later, um, they're going back to it. Uh, same route was ran by the outside receiver. He ran a fade, and my man number three was running that out. Actually, the same play that I gave up a touchdown. But this play, I was in cover two. So, really, I'm a flat defender. So, I got a good reroute on Devin Williams, uh, the number one receiver, um, with good eyes, seeing that out route coming. I started to sink. I saw my man, uh, the quarterback, try to dart it in there. We saw it, on, saw it on film. The dude has a rocket of an arm in terms of being able to throw short routes super fast. He throws it with great velocity and intensity. And so, and we knew that – I knew he was going to try to fit it in there because he thought, oh, I'm, he's t- I'm too far away. And so, as I sank with depth, um, I saw that route coming. I saw him try to dart it in there. I was initially going to try to go for the pick. I realized at the last minute – the ball was a little bit high. My man's was jumping up, and that's when I say, you know what, you're going to feel this thing. And so that's when I just – I literally tried to jump into him, you know. And, uh, you know, it was a little bit of pent-up frustration from the P.I. I'll admit that, you know. And so I just tried to make him feel it. Really was trying to dislodge him away from the ball, and it was successful doing it. Was there any worries about targeting on that call? No, because I, I was trying to hit him, you know, in the in the – in the in an area, I think they'd say what is it from the from the shoulders to you know the waist is like you know green light. You can do whatever you want, and so that's what I was, I was trying to put my face mask in his chest, you know. And so it felt good doing. That. I got up and Devin Lloyd's in my face like, yeah, boy, let's go. And all the guys, I'm like, yeah, let's go. And so you know it was a good feeling, man. It was great, you know. Needed that, and like you say, man, a lot of corners don't pride themselves on trying to hit people, and that's something I'm trying to transition my game in the you know turning myself into a linebacker when it comes to tackling and hitting, but a DB when it comes to covering. Yeah, because normally you're like just trying to make sure because normally whenever you're out on an island with a guy, you can't really try and blast him. You just got to make sure you're just sound. Because if he gets that edge right, you know, he's going to go for a long way. Because if he's made it out there, you know, he makes, he make, he makes you miss, and now you, you're talking about relying on a pursuit the backside defense. So it's like you have to almost be more safe on that outside corner. So it's rare situations like that one where you can say, screw it, pin, pin your ear back, pin your ears back and go crazy and knock someone out. So with that game being in prime time, you guys don't have to worry about an 8 or 8.30 kickoff. Uh, everyone was there. Like, was that the loudest you've heard this stadium? Given you've only had this year to really experience the Rice Eccles Stadium, you know, fan, fan base where they're all coming in, uh, having fans in in the stands in your early career is this the loudest you've heard that that stadium rocking most definitely um this game uh asu was another crazy one but really this game i feel like uh the stakes were a lot higher and you know a lot was on the line and i feel like because uh it was oregon and they were coming into town with as much notoriety and hype as they had um it was even louder i feel like even though both games were packed out and i think they're both sold out asu and oregon it was just a different experience. I feel like the fans were a little bit louder just because of, you know, the type of game that it was. And, you know, two physical teams came in. And it was – I felt like every play, even when the game seemed like it was out of reach on our end, you know, felt like, hey, we're starting to stretch away. It was still loud, you know. It was still turned up and it was still crazy. And that's what I loved about it. Love our fans, man. Love uh, the stadium. And I just love the atmosphere. It's like – Every time they made a play, it went silent. I love, I love that. You know, they make a play, it was like silence. We make a play, it was like ridiculously loud. Whether it's a, a two yard tackle or a three yard run by Tavion, like it was just crazy. So I love it, man. Your uh, uncle uh, got that place rocking after that uh, punt uh, taken to the house right at the end of that second quarter. So are you on the punt block team where you're like helping block for Covey? Uh, actually, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on that. But uh, I actually. Plan on being in the in the return in the, in the next line of returners, next line of great returners uh, after Covey. 
every single practice, that dude's showing me something or giving me a gym, you know, on how to return the ball well. And I was actually telling people on the sideline, I was like, what if he just took this back in that play? Literally, I'm like, you know, it would be crazy. Like, what if he just, like, that would be like a heartbreaker, you know? And we're and as soon as the ball went up in the air, we're like, don't don't take this. Like, this isn't good, you know, because, you know, if they get, like, a fumble or something crazy. Because I saw two guys in his face, two gunners. I'm like, don't take this. I'm like, let's just get out of here. Let's just go, you know, go into the halftime. We got momentum. And when he caught it, made the first two guys miss, we were like, go, go. And then, like, we knew he was taking it. Probably after the first 10 yards of him, of him running, you can tell when Cubby's like, he feels confident about taking it or feel confident about scoring. And so he had that look like, all right, yeah, I'm about to take this thing for the distance. And so we were all just, we are like, wait, no way. And then, you know, sooner than later, we were all felt like we were all running in the end zone after him. Well, not only that, but – I also felt like he was walking the tightrope on that on that sideline. I actually felt like he he might have stepped out of bounds. Man, he was tiptoeing in ridiculously, extremely good balance. That dude was literally tiptoeing on the side. We were standing there, right there with him, and the guy, you know, hit his leg, and he still maintained that same balance. I feel like most guys step out of bounds right there, and it's a great return, and no one's mad. It's like you got out of bounds. Now we can run one more play. Um, no, that dude was like, I'm scoring, and you can see it. He was. He had that, you know, speedy run, his lay, his turnover is ridiculous when he gets excited. So that was fun to watch, man. Well, not only that, but Kyle Whittingham called called a timeout after Oregon was just trying to run out the clock and, you know, just to give Covey a chance. And obviously it ended up paying off huge because you guys went in the locker room 28 nothing. But I felt like that was one of the loudest moments that I've witnessed at, at a game here in a Salt Lake City. Just you being down on the field, how loud was it? It was ridiculous, and it felt like it got louder. It was like a choir. It was like it started off like mon- like kind of monotone, kind of like yeah. It was like you know, it started off one volume, and then as he got closer, inch closer to the end zone, it just got louder. And by the time he was in the end zone, it was roaring. You know, I my eardrums, I couldn't even feel him. You know, we're screaming with him. We're screaming. We're like, what the heck? Like he just and so you know, it was it was a moment that I won't ever forget, man. Well, that's awesome, and we obviously don't know whether or not Britton Covey's going to come back for another season, which is crazy to think that he has another year left of eligibility. Um, that That is obviously one of the things coming into this game against Colorado. We'll talk about that here in a minute as far as honoring the seniors, but there was a couple of other side storylines um, that – and you – you already touched on, you know, clinching the, the Pac-12 South. That was just one of your guys' goals. Obviously, the, the big goal now is to win the is to win the title, and to go to the Rose Bowl, which is very much a, a a possibility with you guys playing the way you guys are right now. But Kyle Whittingham got win number one forty two, which is now the all time winningest coach in Utah football history. I asked Covey and them after the game, but with you being on this roster and playing a big part in getting him because coming into the season, he needed eight wins uh, to get past Ike Armstrong for, for number one, 142 for you to be a, a big part of him getting there this year. What does that mean to you? When, when, when you saw the guys dumping, dumping the cooler on wit and just obviously that, that a medium Jersey he got. Um, yeah. I couldn't even put on, but just to, I mean, obviously, Wit Wit was one of the reasons why why you chose to come to Utah. But just to see him accomplish this, coach always kind of put it off on that it, it, it's his players, it's his coaching staff. He never really took any of the credit. But here's kind of your chance to kind of give all, all the credit back to him. What did that mean to you, seeing Coach Wit become the all-time winningest coach in Utah football history? Man, it was a blessing. It was honestly, I felt honored just to be a part of you know 
just a just a small part of his great coaching step because he's done a lot of great for this program and you know he truly is you know like they say a player's coach and he does everything for the players everything for his coaches and you can see it's genuine in, in his love for the coach for the coaches and the players and you know just that small you know just that just that accomplishment just shows you you know how 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 a coach can be so determined and so uh, focused on winning, but also do it for the players. And also because there's a lot of programs I feel like that just focus so much on that that it's less of a family. No, Coach Willingham, he kept he keeps the program uh, focused on family. And that's, you know, that's something I, I feel like is important to focus on on this show as well is that, you know, you know, family, man, and, and like you have to value the things that are that are that are valuable. Family is one of those things, and I feel like the the ability, his ability as a coach to make everyone feel important. I mean, from your training staff to 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 the janitors, and he he talks to everyone. I've witnessed him, you know, talk to you know the, the Dorothy, a lady that that's janitor in the facility. Like I've witnessed, I witnessed him talk to them, and you know, just make them feel. How's your day going? Just do little things like that, and I feel like that's what makes him feel uh, great as a coach, and that's what makes him different as a coach. And so, no, nah, it's a huge congrats. You know, it's hit him and uh, Ty Jordan's birthday. Uh, happy belated birthday to both of them. Um, love them both as, as men. Um, Ty as a player, as a young man, and rest in peace to him. And also Coach Whittingham, super, super grateful for him as a coach. All right, a little bit of a preview for Colorado now. Um, coming in with a, a little bit of a, a down year, but they're actually playing really good football as of late. Uh, we did find out, though, that a guy that you kind of wanted to get some payback with, uh, Brendan Rice, who is the son of, of uh, NFL legend Jerry Rice, will not be playing in this game. He got injured in the game against Washington. Just thoughts early on about who you're going to be facing in Colorado and in what is, which, by the way, baffles me already, 12th game of the year. Time is flu, man. Time is flu, and that's why we got to value every every game, and that's why I just take it one game at a time, man. I'm excited uh, to play against these guys. Uh, you know, I'm excited to play against these receivers. Excited to just play against this team. You know, they we come in with uh, with with a lot uh, on our plates. Just you know, looking forward, and we just got to tell ourselves, hey, we got to stay. We got to stay in the moment because, like Coach Whittingham said, we can't start thinking thinking, oh, we got our. Our, our, our ticket is, you know, punched. We got to st- we got to stay in the moment, uh, go and beat these guys, um, and then we can move on. But for right now, it's Colorado and Colorado only. We're excited, man. Uh, quick turnaround, Friday, and so we're we're definitely going to take this challenge and we're going to try to dominate these guys. Um, I'm excited, man. I just want to uh, continue to show everyone what our what our team is made of, defense and offense. I know that. Uh you you and I have uh, talked about this before with with the Arizona game, how not overlooking them going into Oregon, um, and and you guys taking it one week at a time is that the the uh, similar mindset, especially with Whittingham has said this as long as I've I've been covering the team going into that into that regular season finale the the uh, senior day game, trying to honor honor the uh, seniors the right way. That's right. You definitely don't want to have any fall off, anything like that. Not on the last game of the season, uh, regular season game. And so, you know, definitely want to honor the season. We have a lot of guys walking, whether it be juniors that plan on moving on or seniors uh, that are leaving. You definitely want to honor them. They've done a lot for the program, um, playing and not playing. All the guys that that have been a part of the program that long and that are seniors that have paid their dues. You definitely want to honor them and send them out in the right way, in the right fashion. So, I'm excited to be able to do that, man. And I think it'll be a great way to send them off at home and a pump and a packed out. You know, loud Rice Eccles Stadium, man. Blessed to be a part of it. Does it give you a little bit more added juice to 
go out there and and play play your absolute best, knowing that this is going to be the last time you're going to be on the field with Devin Lloyd at home. Man, Devin, I say you know Devin, all the guys, man, that are that are that are transitioning, you know, I'm just excited to be able to finish it out with them, man, and. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a special day because, yeah, like you said, those guys are going to be moving on, especially Devin. Like, he's going to be moving on, and, you know, he'll be making millions, and I'll be asking him for a couple bucks for gas and all that <laughs> stuff, man. And so, now nah, it's definitely a special – it's going to be a special uh, experience. And, you know, I just – I'm grateful to have played with him, uh, all other guys that are that are transitioning. And, man, it's going to be a special thing. And I just – I really want to finish out strong. And, I know that's why guys like him and Mika and all those guys, that's why they came back. You know, they wanted to finish out. They wanted to do something that we haven't ever done. And so I think this is the year to do it. All right, we're going to go ahead and and, uh, take a break. Uh, Coming up next, we will uh, talk about the Wilds of the Weekend, Clark's list, the away list, that is. And then uh, I got to meet Bryce on on a Saturday night just before the game. He he was in town on an unofficial visit. We'll talk about that coming up on the other side. You're listening to Faith Family and Football. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Faith, Family, and Football, powered by KSLSports.com. Trevor Allen and Clark Phillips III here from Utah Football. You guys can follow Clark on Twitter, at ClarkPhillips21, and on Instagram, at ClarkPhillips Third. Obviously, Clark and I are, are fairly interactive on Twitter um, and on uh, Instagram. Uh, Clark is more of an IG. I'm more of a Twitter guy. But uh, now fan, fans have, have, have been reaching out, especially with the uh, side-by-side with the get-out guy, um, which is amazing, by the way. I, I'm, <laughs> there isn't a single actor out there that looks like me. I mean, you, you could probably a- ask your boy Max because he, he, he knows a lot of actors. Um, all right, first things first, I got to meet Bryce on Saturday. Um, he was here in Utah for a unofficial visit with, with Weber State. Um, I, I know that now he's kind of in that in that stretch where he's gotta find a he's gotta find a new home. There's one other offer that is out, out on the table and that is to Tennessee State, which is a, a HBCU uh university and it it's coached by Eddie George. Eddie George, yeah. Yeah, a uh, NFL great. Um first of all, just to have have him come to your game because was this the first game he he came to this year for you? Uh, I think he's come to two others. Two others. Okay. Uh, one of the first big games that he's able to, been able to come to because his season, you know, going on or was going on at the same time, he hasn't really been able to come. So he tried to come during. Uh, now this was his bye week, I think, because his season started right after. 
Yeah, but then they, they also have a, a, a bowl game the day after your guys' game against Colorado. So, yeah, man, he hasn't been able to come to a lot of games. So, I was just so glad. And that was actually my wow. Um, my wow of the weekend, one of my wows, actually. You know, just getting to see my little brother. He got to spend some time with me. He stayed an extra day. You know, he came and hung out. Um, we chilled here right after the game and, you know, just kind of caught up on life, man. It was good. My twin, if you would, man. Yeah, I was actually going to get into that. So, I haven't met him in person until Saturday. And so, he and he and Pops were, were down on the field. You know, family and friends can do that uh, of you guys as you guys are coming out for warm-ups and stuff. And and it we're, we're about an hour until kickoff. And they're uh, down there. And I, I, I come over and say hi because I usually try to get the lay of the land, see who's going to play, who's not going to play, who's warming up and all that stuff. And I always say hi to Pops and whenever he is in, in town. And so, I got to meet Bryce. And, and I, I was almost like – Clark, you got to go get ready for the game. Like, what are you doing out here an hour before kickoff? But that's just how close you guys look. Like, it, it's crazy to think. But, no, Bryce is, is a really good kid. I've, I've, you know, just getting to know him uh, for, you know, the – I think I talked to him for about 20, 25 minutes. You know, you could tell the love he has, but you also know how quiet he is out on the field. And how you're you're usually the one who kind of starts it a little bit, and he and, and and he's normally the one who finishes it. But you know, just to kind of see the you know type of player he is off the field was really cool to see. Yeah, man, he definitely. Um, and I think that's how it goes. You know, with siblings, you usually got one that's a little bit more loud, and then the other one kind of takes the opposite role because he's tired of his brother always talking. And so uh, I feel like, um, nah, even when we played together in high school, I was more of the, you know, the chirper, the talkative guy. I, I'm the one that's going to say something to the receivers. Bryce may not say a word until, you know, until he knocks you out, you know, and you can talk all game long. And then when he when he gets that hit on you or gets a pick, then he's going to tell you how trash that you are, but in a nice way. He's going to say it a little bit more quiet. He's not as loud as I am. He's not the one that's going to say something every single play, you know. And so, nah, man, I, I appreciate that, dude, and I love him because uh who he is and no, that was that was my wow, man. I just, yeah, man. It was just so good to see him. That dude is that dude is a special dude, and I'm excited to be able to watch his process. My uh, wow of the weekend is going to be the way you guys played against Oregon, just top to bottom, uh, offense, defense, special teams, everything all around. Um, I did not expect that. I thought it would be a a grind out physical battle where maybe you get a a, a win by like ten points. I did not expect 38 to 7 where you guys were going into the locker room with a 28 nothing lead. I just did not expect that. I don't think a lot of Ute fans really, you know, thought 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 that was going to happen, but I think a lot of them out there too are at that point where if you win it's just great. Yeah. And I know that that there's a lot of fans out there that have the the a similar mindset where just you guys out playing football after what you guys have gone through the last year is just amazing in and of yeah, itself. That's true. That's the truth. And now I saw I saw some things, you know, and people weren't really thinking that we were going to, you know, uh, win that game, uh, let alone win the way that we did. A lot of people were just satisfied with us going out there and playing our best uh, because of what we've been through and because of the fact that uh, they know they're a great team. And with them having that ranking, of course, fans probably even thought, hey, there's probably not a big chance of us winning. So I was, I was just glad to be able to show our fans that, uh, that hey, we can do it and that you know, have some faith in us. We're good. You know, we're, we're going to we're gonna go out there and play and, and play our game. And now it was good to show everyone, man, including our fans, that, hey, we got this. And now it was definitely a good feeling. Um, so I'll go on my second, my, my, my main wow of the weekend was that Ohio State game, man. I know it's one of our, it's one of my picks, you know. Uh, I ended up winning that pick. That game was crazy. So at halftime, what was the score? It was like. Well, the, the Ohio score was 56 
Yeah, I think at halftime, I want to say it was 30-something to zero or something. Yeah, and so, like, that was crazy to me because that was a game that was highly touted, highly, like, you know, people thought that it was going to go the other way around. Yeah, people thought it was going to go the other way around or at least be a close one. And so for that to happen, it was similar to our experience. Like, wow, what the heck? And so, no, that was my wow, man. That that surprised me. Yeah, just going off of that game, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. They were up 49 to nothing at the half. Yeah, yeah, I remember it being something crazy like that. Like, and we were all in the hotel like, wait, what? Yeah, Stroud ended up having six, six touchdowns, and all of them came in the, the uh, first half. I think he graded out like 94 or something that week or something. I don't even know for sure, but I remember seeing something about his stats. His, uh, his uh, QBR was 98.7. He went 32 of 35 for 432 yards and six touchdowns. He averaged 12 yards per throw. CJ, that sounded like Heisman numbers if you listen to this. <laughs> that is Heisman numbers. And Kenneth Walker, who, who who was supposed to have, you know, a Heisman year, he tore up Michigan. He had six carries for 25 yards in that game. Ohio State, they, they definitely planned for that game, and they definitely, you know, shocked the odds. And, and, and somewhat did somewhat like we did. You know, Oregon had a great offense, a great running back, and we kind of somewhat neutralized him. We did a great job against it. I think that it comes down to great preparation and great planning. But that was my wow, man. I, you know, that, that surprised me, even seeing that score. And the reason why I brought it up is because, yeah, 49-0 at half. I remember it being something crazy, like something that you don't usually hear. And so, uh, no, nah, that was just crazy. Well, another wow, too, is they had three, three wide outs that had seven catches or more for over 100 yards and, and had at least one, one touchdown. Chris Olave, who almost went to Utah, had seven catches for 140 yards, two touchdowns. Garrett Wilson had seven catches for 126 yards, two touchdowns. And then, and then Smith had 10 catches for 105 and a tug. That's crazy. Yeah, Jackson Smith, I think he has over 1,000 on the year. Um, and he's on a team where they've got two receivers that can go in the first round. So I think, um, yeah, they've got some special guys, man. I think it still pisses off Ute fans that Olave almost came to Utah. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I was talking to who was I talking? I think Coach Shaw about that. How close he was to coming here. Um, nah, I talked to that guy often. I actually, I actually talked to him. You know, when I was at uh, Ohio State when I was committed there. My official visit, I got to talk to him for a long time. He checks in on me, you know, till he told me a couple of months ago, just keep on going. You know, after my first three or four games, he's like, I see you, little bro. He's like, hey, man, keep on going, bro. Your future is bright. I was like, I appreciate it, man. I was like, you're one to speak. You're going to be making big dollars in a couple of weeks, man, or a couple of months. <laughs> and so, uh, nah, I appreciate the guys that always check in on me and make sure I'm good. Uh, I'm going to continue to do the same, man. All right, are you ready for your waitlist? Let's do it. All right, the waitlist is who are you? And we're going to do more of a holiday-themed so give me in order your your go-tos when it is on your plate Thanksgiving meal. What is like the first thing you eat? What is the last like like what is get the hell off my plate? Um and then which which pie do you go to at the end? So I'll I'll let you start. Uh for me it depends on where I'm at. If I'm at my grandmother's house, then it's mac and cheese, it's the greens and it's the stuffing. Uh if my mom's doing it, then I love the turkey. I love the mac and cheese, and I love the greens as well because uh, she puts some bacon bits inside of the greens, and it's like fresh bacon, a little bit of ham, a little bit of uh, – and so she just does that right. A um, little bit of brown sugar, so the greens got a little bit of sweetness to them. Man, you got to have my, my my mother's plate. One of these years, man, when they actually – when I'm able to go back home, we got we to gotta go have a plate on Thanksgiving with my parents because my parents do it right. But um, 
out here, um, Ken, I'll tell you what, Kenzel's mother, Kenzel Lawler, his mother, they usually cook for uh, Thanksgiving for us, and she has some smack and mac and cheese, uh, greens as well. Um, and then for dessert, I forget what she had. It was, I want to say a cake. It was like a pound cake that was homemade or something. But it was fire, and it was dangerous, and I couldn't stay away from it. I had to leave the house because I was like, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to end up taking three to-go plates. And so, nah, they, those, are my, those are my go-tos for Thanksgiving, man. Okay. How are you guys going to be able to eat all that and then play a freaking football game the next day? Well, I'll tell you what. Our coaches are definitely going to want us to, uh, you know, make some good decisions on Thanksgiving. You don't want to eat too much stuff, and not too much uh, stuff, and then be all heavy. I won't be able to get out of my breaks, man, on on Friday. And so, nah, I definitely, um, I think that they're gonna want us to be smart. But at the same time, you know, guys got to eat too. Now it's Thanksgiving for a reason. We got to be thankful and grateful for that good food, man. So, I think I'm uh, I'm gonna start saving up now so that I have a little bit of room going to Thanksgiving, you know, to maybe go go a little crazier. That's actually a very smart choice. Um, okay, what what is the what is the thing that needs to stay away from your plate? Let me think. I can't really think of nothing that I just don't really like on Thanksgiving. Nothing that I've had, at least. Like yams? I love yams, too. Actually, I got into yams because of Kenzel Lawler's mom. Mm-hmm. I never would eat them. Like, I, I, I've, I've never been a yams guy. I don't know why. So, check it out. So, I never really got into yams. So, my grandmother make it every year, but I never really. I always stayed away from it. I'm like, it's you know how it's just so many other good things that you're like, you know what, I won't have enough room for that. I'd rather go double down on this greens or on these, uh, you know, on the mashed potatoes or on the mac and cheese. And so, like, I never really got into it because I always wanted to save space. But, you know, Kenzel Lawler's mom just put it on my plate, you know, last year. And I'm like, wow, these are actually pretty good. I see why everybody – I see why my brother used to smash these. I see why my mom used to eat all of this. And so, now, nah, yams is something that I've just now – I'm a new yams guy, but I can't wait to have them on Thursday. I don't know. I so we ended up talking to the the uh, captains and uh, Cole Bishop at a uh, practice on on uh, Monday, and that was our, our only availability for the week uh, because of, of the holiday and your guys's game on Friday. And we we also kind of got their like thoughts on 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 their kind of go to dishes when yeah. when it comes to Thanksgiving. And I've heard a lot of this mac and cheese business. Yeah. And I'm gonna be honest with you, growing up, mac and cheese was never really a part of the equation, yeah. and and to me, it just sounded kind of strange. But as like people are talking about it more, luckily my my uh, my brother, uh, from what it, it, uh, you know, according to sources, um, is going to be bringing mac and cheese, and apparently it's it's fire. And he's he, he's bringing our family meal on Thursday, so I'm I'm kind of excited about this because growing up, you know, the whole mac and cheese out of the box and all that stuff, I, I was never a fan of it just because of the actual cheese and stuff. Like I, I never thought it tasted good, but. For to have it on 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 Turkey Day, yeah. I mean to me it's it seems a little strange, but I'm definitely gonna give it a go. Yeah, nah, man, I agree. And now nah, growing up, uh, we we always had. It depends on where you go. Like like I said, you know, my parents didn't really do the mac and cheese too much, but my my grandmother she always had it. I'm pretty sure. Like in in certain houses that we go to, like we'd always make our own you know Thanksgiving feast, and then other people would always invite us over. So we we had a couple of Thanksgiving feasts every Thanksgiving, and so uh, we'd always get everyone else's leftovers too. Cause you know having two boys growing, you know me and my brother, and then when my sister came along, uh, we'd always be eating. So they always made sure that we were well fed, and you know I uh, I'm thankful for it. And now it, it just it just set the expectations high. Cause I come out to Utah, and I'm like. Where the Thanksgiving meals at? You know, where Kenzel? So when Kenzel's mother told us last year, you know, they all come over to the whole spotlight crew, all the corners, we were like, bet. And we went over there and we wiped it out. 
we wiped it out. And so, kind of like the old lineman and ends up wiping it out. O line, D line. I'm telling you, you don't want to invite too many of them dudes <laughs> over. You won't have a kitchen, man. They, they eat the stove and all. No. <laughs> stove and fridge are gone. <laughs> they take it with them, man. They come in there with the big trucks and like, let's go. Can we take this too? You know, can we take? It's <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad that you're going to be taken care of. Uh, again, keep it safe to where you're not, you know, slugging around the field on Friday. Yeah, exactly. Shaw's like, get your foot in the ground. <laughs> get out of that, man. Um. All right, we're gonna go ahead and and uh, oh, uh, I, I, I didn't get my my way list. So stuffing's first for me. Mm. Stuffing is first, uh, first foremost. Yeah, yeah. Cam Cam said that uh, to us. I mean, okay, turkey. Turkey's kind. Of, I'm I'm kind of gone both ways because people have like smoked and fried, you know, the the turkey, and it, it it's kind of spoiled the the old way of doing it, like just putting it in the oven for me, you know. Um, but as long, as long as you give me the uh, the uh, dark meat, I'm I'm all game. Um, and I'm probably gonna go with the the uh, mashed potatoes. My mom makes great mashed potatoes and gravy, and so uh, I'm probably gonna go with that as well. But then as as far as pie, give me banana cream, give me blueberry, give me apple. Those are my my three in order. By the way. Yeah, I mean all of those sound good, man, but. I'd have to go with apple pie. Apple pie? Yeah, I'm definitely an apple pie guy as well. I'm also kind of like Brit and Covey in, in a sense where I just like all kinds of pie, except for pumpkin. Get that stuff away from me. Uh, I am not a pumpkin pie guy. Wow. Breaking news. That's crazy. I, I've never heard of no one not liking pumpkin pie. Yeah, my uh, twin brother, which, by the way, breaking news, I am a twin. Uh, he, he actually looks nothing like me. I've already shown Clark a photo. We look nothing alike. Um, he is, he is a, a big pumpkin pie fan, and so is my wife. And so I'm like, you guys can have all that pumpkin stuff. I, I can't have it. I'm, I'm, I'm not a pumpkin pie guy. So sorry if I end up breaking your guys' hearts. Please keep listening to the show because um, Clark does like, like pumpkin pie. So if you guys are going to listen, listen for the fact that Clark loves pumpkin pie. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to make our picks. Uh, I finally up, updated our NFL picks. Um, I'm, I'm not going to release them because it's just going to make Clark happy. All right, you guys are listening to Faith, Family, and Football. Final segment here of Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips III. Trevor Allen here along for the ride. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hopefully you guys have a great and happy Thanksgiving. Um, it's crazy to think that we're already to the end of college football. We know that Utah has three games left. Um, it's still crazy to think because the, the ramp up to it is so long, but the season goes by so fast. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a, you know, you, pr- you spend the whole offseason, what, eight, nine months? preparing for the season and then when you get here it just kind of it's like a roller coaster a couple seconds of fun and, and, and it's gone and then you're looking back like wow that was fun or wow that wasn't that good in our case we're like dang this is flew by and this was a lot of fun so it's something that we love man and something that we got to stay in the moment we got to enjoy every game that's why we just take it one game at a time because we know how fast it goes something you're gonna love is our picks in in the nfl sense which i guess it's fine you got to have one of them right um, I finally ended up going back and, and getting the record straight. You are overall, um, up until week 11, are 24 and 16 overall. Immediate thoughts on that? I feel like I should be even further along than that. But, you know, I, but it makes sense, though, because at least I'm still beating you in NFL, right? Uh, let's see. You've had three, three weeks of four and one picks. 
of going four and one. None of us have ever in college or pro have had five and zero weeks. Well, let's plan on it this week. You keep saying that, and then you're going to go downhill. I, for one, am eighteen and twenty-two. You're smashing me. So uh, let's just say I, again, I am a college football beat writer. Yeah. I'm not an NFL beat writer. I do play fantasy football. So are you saying I should be an NFL beat writer or what? Well, when your playing career is done, I don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to be playing in the league. So, I mean, I mean, it's kind of weird to me. You're you're actually playing in college now, but you don't really pay attention to other schools around the country. You only pay attention to the Pac-12. I'm also the same way, but we also can't predict the Pac-12 because nobody can. Nobody can. That's the truth, man. Pac-12 is definitely a different conference. It's hard to, you know, say what's going to happen because everyone gets beat by everyone. If you look at the records. Right now, you guys are the kings of the Pac-12 because you guys took down the Ducks, who were the uh, top team in the conference, and maybe you guys will be seeing them again. Um, scenarios for that, by the way, if you guys want, head over to kslsports.com. I've got a, I've got a write-up um, about who Utah could face. It's either going to be Oregon, Oregon State, or Washington State. bunch of stuff have to happen this week um, up, up in the north between Oregon and Oregon State's game and then Washington State playing in the Apple Cup against Washington which are all, I mean, it's kind of a toss-up because Washington fired their coach. Um, Oregon State's playing really good football since they, they fired their, their defensive coordinator. And Oregon's coming off of a loss where they got spanked by you guys. So there's going to be a lot to play for. It, I, I have a feeling the, the uh, Northwest is going to be boiling right now. Really, man, it's going to be a big week for them. Um, like I said, we don't really look too far into that. Coach uh, has really you know, impressed upon us to focus on the week that's important to us, which is Colorado. So we don't look into that stuff. It's definitely on uh, the back of our minds like, dang, wonder who you know, we got to start preparing for. But you know, like I said earlier, we got to just focus on Colorado, and you know, that time will come. Coach speak. Got to love it. <laughs> um, all right. First, we'll go into week 13 of the, of the college football season. It, it's a bunch of rivalry games, a ton of them. We're going to do – actually, all of them are, are rivalry games. Um, and, again, Clark and I are uh, taping this on Tuesday morning, so the college football playoff rankings have not been updated yet. It will be later tonight. Um, so that is where, where the rankings come from. But uh, number 12, Ole Miss at number 25, Mississippi State. I think they call this the Egg Bowl. I got to go with Mississippi State. Mississippi State, okay. I think I'm going to go with, oh, man. I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Can't, can't go wrong with good old Lane, Lane Kiffin, which sounds like he's being tied to a bunch of different uh, openings going on in college football. Now, here's a big one that you would have been a part of had you kept your, your commitment in Columbus. Number four, Ohio State, who are probably going to be number three in the, the country now that Oregon lost. Um, at number six, Michigan. Ohio State. I figured you would go that way. Um, I can't go against the Buckeyes after what C.J. Stroud just did to Michigan State. Um, and it'll be another another year of Jim Harbaugh not being able to get it done against the big dogs in big games. Now, here's one that has a ton of to play for in this game. Um, they actually took out the, the name of, of this rivalry because of the name of it. It, it, it actually used to be called the, the Civil War. They ended up taking that out. Um, Oregon State at number three, Oregon, which Oregon's probably going to be like number 10, 11, 12, or whatever in the playoff rankings. But uh, Oregon State at Oregon for potentially a spot to play you guys at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, I have in mind the one scenario I would want to happen, but I just feel like Oregon's going to get this one done. I figured you probably want a little bit of payback, right? Um, I don't know. I just, you know, I'd want to uh, – 
I want to play against whoever we're going to see, man. man. Well, I was going to say, is there any any preference out of those three schools that you do want to? Not really. We just want to smash whoever. You know, we, we, we beat the team that was particularly the best, what, in the Pac-12, like they said, you know, based on where they're ranked nationally. So, nah, man, we just want to see whoever whoever makes it there. We're ready. Well, I know who I would want to see if I were you, Washington State, because you happen to get a pick six every single time that you play <laughs> the Cougs. Good luck there. It'd be, it'd be huh, a little bit of – a little bit of a good feeling if we if we got that if we got that game. Um, I think and, and then running into the end zone at at, at a, a Allegiant Stadium. <laughs> yeah, man, in Vegas uh, at Allegiant Stadium. You know where my dad's a Raider fan. You know you're a Bronco fan, so you probably don't like them. I still want to go to the stadium. <laughs> but uh, nah, man. I you know like I said, I just want to play against whoever makes it down there. Honestly. All right, the uh, Bedlam battle, number thirteen Oklahoma at number nine Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. I, I, I like that, actually. Um, Oklahoma State's playing okay. There's a bunch of OSUs on here as I'm typing it, as I'm, as I'm going here, and it's kind of funny because you could do Oregon State as OSU, Ohio State OSU, and then Oklahoma State OSU. Um, all right, last one. This is the battle. I don't, I don't know what they call this one. I, I, I think it's like Paul Bunyan's axe or something like that. Um, number 15, Wisconsin who just snuck by the Cornhuskers at Minnesota. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You seem to go with my, my wife's home state. I don't understand it. I mean, have you ever been to Wisconsin? Nope. I just, I just you're, I you're, watched a couple of games this year, and I'm like, okay, I feel good about them. You're prob- I'm, I'm probably going to piss off any fans that we have up there. You're not missing much. <laughs> well, I'm glad about that. But, no, nah, I, uh, I think that they've got the up on uh, Minnesota this week. I'm going with the Golden Gophers. And and by the way, I'm also going with uh, OU in the Battle of Bedlam. Um, all right, NFL picks. Let's see who we got here. A pretty good week. Uh, let's see, because I, I, I went Patriots, which I got right. The Bills lost to the Colts. Like, what the heck is going on? Uh, the Bengals beat the Raiders, which you and I both had. Um, I don't know who won out of uh, Kansas City and Dallas. And then the uh, Chargers beat the Steelers. So, anyway, going on to week 12 now of the NFL season. Thanksgiving, there's actually a couple of games that are of, of note. So, why don't, we, why don't we start with a couple of games on Thanksgiving. Um, we're not going to do Bears and Lions because they're both not very good. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders, 5-5 five and five at the Dallas Cowboys, who are 7-3. and three. I gotta go with the Cowboys. Going with the Cowboys. Again, this is two teams I hate. Why do I do this to myself? Um, let's see. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. Actually, you know what? Pops, pops. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I'm going with the Raiders. Oh, that's gonna hurt you. Happy Thanksgiving, pops. I'm going with the Raiders. Don't get used to this. All right, Buffalo Bills, who are looking up and down this year, at the New Orleans Saints. That's on uh, KSL 5 TV on, on Thanksgiving Day. Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. I'm, I'm not sold on Trevor Simeon just because he used to be Denver's quarterback, and he sucks. So I'm going with the Bills as well. Now let's move on to Sunday's games. This is actually going to be a good battle. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. i got to go with the Steelers. Claypool believer. 
Claypool's a beast on Madden, by the way. Yeah, he is. We've had some good games with him, man. Playing on our on our backyard team or playing. Yeah, which you still have like stood me up on that. <laughs> I ain't played in a little while, but we'll play soon. Well, you also got a season and you know championship to win, so I totally understand. But I can't go without giving you. We got we got to win in something, man. I'd rather be in regular football. Yeah, that would make one of us because I haven't won anything in football. Um, <laughs> let's see. Ooh, here's one. Um, the Titans without stiff arm uh, at the New England Patriots. Uh, Titans are kind of in a, a they're you know struggling as of late. The Patriots are actually looking pretty good. I like the Titans in this one. Like you always pick the Titans. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Patriots. Oh, they really have, actually. Okay, um, let's see here. We have one more pick. Oh, there's a couple of good games here. Man. Uh, okay, the 7-3 and three L.A. Rams at the 8-3 and three Green Bay Packers. I got to go with the Packers. What is it? I thought you were a Rams guy. But I just, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a realist in, in situations like this where I gotta go with what's gonna happen. You know, this is this is my records on the line. You know, I gotta I gotta I gotta make quality coaching decisions. I hope that I don't get sent to the doghouse because I'm it's cold out and I might need to come crash here. I'm going with the Rams. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. And the and and just the little backstory behind that. My wife is from Wisconsin. I, uh, the very first NFL game I went to was Lambeau Field a couple years ago. Denver Broncos at Green Bay Packers. Great experience. Love the Packers. It's just the Rams are struggling lately, and I think they're going to put an end to that. We'll see. Final thoughts as we uh, look ahead to Thanksgiving and then the end of the regular season, sending seniors out the right way. We don't know like who's all going to walk, but there are going to be some guys who walk who could potentially come back. But just all in all, honoring guys who could potentially leave, could potentially stay, kind of the mindset going in. Um, just you know, play like we've uh, play like we really you know play like we have been uh, in these last couple of weeks, and we got to continue to finish. We got to finish out the season strong for these guys, and we got to send them out with the bang. We got to send them out the right way. Um, it's going to be an experience that we won't ever forget, and want it to be worth remembering. Well, I I hope that you have a a great Turkey Day. Good luck on on Friday, but. Something else, you know, just kind of, you know, time of the year, the holidays and stuff. The the one thing I am I, I am thankful for is doing this show with you. Um, there isn't a single player on on that Utah football roster other than you that I would want to do a show with. This is this is one of the days that I end up looking forward to every single week is taping with you doing this show. And I also really, you know, am, am really thankful for the people who tune in and listen to the show. Clark and I do put in a lot of work in, into this show. Um, obviously. Clark will end up putting more work into it once, you know, season's over because I'm trying to take as much burden off of him on this show as I can during the season so that he can perform at his best for you guys. But uh, really thankful just to be a part of Faith Family Football. Likewise, man, and I appreciate that for real because, uh, nah, this is something I'm super thankful for. Thankful for you and the work that you've put in to get this thing going and to keep it going um, because it's something that means a lot to me. Um, Faith Family and football is something that I, you know, want people to know that's really important to me and, uh, just grateful, man. Super thankful. And uh, it's, it's something that I uh, can't wait to continue to do. All right. Well, we we will be back next week talking about championship game. That's right. We'll be back with the summary. All right.
You guys have been listening to Faith, Family, and Football. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next week.